First Leadership Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fierce Leadership Podcast. My name is Pastor Mark Carter. Of course, lots of folks just call me Carter or Sea Dog or Cart Dog or Cart Dizzle. You can call me any of those. But welcome to the podcast. We like to say around here that we are connecting your Bible to your leadership and your leadership to your Bible. Our mission remains to bring you a weekly dose of Bible-centric leadership coaching that will foster greater confidence, improve your leadership instincts, and keep you leading from a heart that is connected to Jesus. If you want to make sure you don't miss anything, make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. And there is a ton more resources at the website fierce.church leadership. Of course, sharing the podcast goes a long way toward helping other up-and-coming Christian leaders find it. So please don't miss an opportunity to be the pipeline someone else's blessing might come through. We're talking again today with my host, David Russo, about mindsets that drain our rest. Now, in FLP 45, which was two episodes ago, we talked about the first three, and those were imbalance, compulsiveness, and poor planning. Today, we're going to talk about the final three mindsets that drain our rest. And I can't wait to pull it apart, so let's just dive in. So we've we've covered imbalance, compulsiveness, and poor planning. So so what's number four in the unsanctified mindset that's going to drain our our rest? So this is too much dependence on man, and I think this goes two ways that I've seen. We can have too much dependence on ourselves. So in other words, we're not consulting the Holy Spirit. We've done podcasts before on presumption. Maybe we'll put a, a link to that with this one, um, where you, you're not taking the time and, and you're. You're not accessing the spirit because you really kind of think that you are an advantage to God's team. Um, but there's another version that I think is sometimes even more, you know, challenging. And that is we secretly look, we, we make plans of how God's going to bring certain things about. And we look to people to bring those things to pass. So I know that I've done this with my leaders when I was very young in the Lord. I look at them like, I bet you they're going to help me do X, Y, and Z. And I know people do it to me. They're like, I bet your car is going to do this for me and this for me and this for me. And this is just the spiritual principle. If that ever happens, which I think is rare in terms of we, we pre-thought that and that's how it worked. It was all God. Hmm. Like most of the time, God doesn't want us dependent on people. So he will, he'll, people are like crutches that he will pull out from under us. And like, you were trusting in that girl. You thought she was going to open that door for you. Or you thought she was going to really be something. And he's just like, nope, instead, you have none of that. So you can see I did it. God doesn't want anyone else to get the glory for what he did. So he brings us into situations where our hearts are just, you know, they're just what they are and they cling to people. And he brings us into situations where that is crushed. And sometimes it's with really good friends. And that can be like confusing and a disappointment. And it was really God like rending people apart and saying, you will not that's an idol. Like relationships are some of our sweetest things, but anytime we make someone an idol or we say, that's how God's going to do it. I believe a lot of the time he obligates himself to separate that thing so that, because not just, you know, to be difficult because it would be poor training for your heart. Training truly from the Lord is dependence on him. And, and we get all kinds of unrest when we're waiting for a person to do something from us. And that drains our power instead of, God will do what he's going to do in his time and in his way, and I trust him. And what's freeing, what's powerful about this, you know, dear heart, at the end of the day, you don't need anybody else but Jesus. Jesus is 
all you need all by himself, and he will bring God's plans to pass. If, if the person is no longer in your life, well, congratulations. I'm sure that was hard, but you don't need them. You need Jesus. So now I've had that happen to me. I've had two friends, and I thought, you know, these are, these are lifelong best friends. We're going to ride off to, in the sunset together. Mm-hmm. That's how mm-hmm. close we were. And then suddenly we weren't. So how do I know in my heart that God did that? How do I know that, that that's not something evil working on their side or um, that my fallen self has caused that? Yeah, I don't know that you can know. I think it's probably just wisdom to humble ourselves and say, well, there might have been sin that God wasn't for in that. But even then, God uses that kind of thing. And it's the kind of thing God would do. Or it's a benefit of that very difficult situation. So Joseph and his brothers is an example. Like God never willed for his brothers to do that to him. But God knows how to bring something awesome out of something very evil. And it was still good for Joseph. It was still good for Egypt. It was still good for every, all the family line after that. And so in that case, we just, we operate with fear and trembling and fear the Lord. And we just decide, Lord, I'm, you know, it's just like Jesus said. He said, um, or was said about him, Jesus did not entrust himself to the disciples because he knew what was in a man. And that's just such a good lesson for us. Mm-hmm. Like even Jesus, all these people that, that here's his best friends and they're surrounding him. Jesus knew these people will betray you. So love them, but do not make them the core of your heart. And we just always need to uh, guard against that. And I think, you know, we'll bring Master Yoda into it. You know, he's not always very Christian with what he thinks, but occasionally I think he gets it right. (laughs) And he says, you must let go of that which you fear to lose. Some of my best friends, I purposely try to let go of them so I don't have to lose them. Uh, and but God's f- certainly free to; He can take whatever He wants. Sure. But I think there's just God is a jealous God at the end of the day, still, and He's not mean ever. But He 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 alone abides in the temple, and He will have no rivals. And you know we're just we're weak and sinful sometimes, and so we just put our hope in the wrong thing. I did not expect the conversation to go here, but I guess God was into it. <laughs> That's amazing. So how do we how do we know that we're depending on on someone on man? Uh, instead of God, how is there a, a way that we you, can tell? I think you just got to pray against it. I think you got to Lord, because I'm, well, I've, I'm, I'm called to serve them. I'm called to love them. I, I'm, I'm called to genuinely love them. Like I'm not even just faking it. I genuinely am supposed to love them. But I think we pray, knowing the possibility for something to go wrong. We pray, Lord, help me serve them. Help me love them. Just so we know, Jesus, you're all I need. I think you just got to regularly worship. Mm, I'm like, you are all good. I need, and you have permission. I hope you don't, but you can do whatever you want. You can take out whoever you want. And and plus, Lord, keep me from a heart that would make you decide to do that. Because if you really did decide to do that, that might mean because my heart is becoming too covetous or too possessive of them. And not only do I not want you to take them out of my life, I don't want to be possessive like that. <laughs> I want to actually get the <laughs> sanctification uh, you know, that God wants for me. And then, of course, you know, there's always the side. People have their own decisions and they, they make their own evil choices. And it might not be that God wanted it, but God is using it, you know, or whatever. So that's good. That's good. So we've covered imbalance, compulsiveness, poor planning, too much dependence on man. What's the next unsanctified mindset? Yeah. So this is one that I think we all need to grow into, but 
It's lack of tough-mindedness. When we approach this thing, I think so many people approach ministry, um, and, and you know, I think many, even as they approach adulthood, they, they think about it this way, but they just have unrealistic expectations that this is going to be easier. Or when they see people in ministry, they're like, well, that's it, man. I'll bet you all they do is sit around and pray all day, <laughs> you know? And, and that's, that's what staff meetings are. And we do pray in staff meeting, but none of this is easy. And even if you just, just look at the Bible, who had it easy? There's a lot of people in there, and it seems like almost every one of them has got some pretty big challenges if God is going to use them in any way. And so what we do is we have kind of these simplistic or easy plans that we project or impose onto the Lord, and then when He doesn't do it, we get offended or we get hurt, and we're like, oh, why don't you do my thing? Why isn't this easier? And I think we just need to be suspicious of that which is easy, because every church leader I've ever known is fighting significant battles and they're they're wrestling discouragement they're they're tempted by the enemy to give up and to back off and sometimes it's sunday is the worst day of the week because that's when the devil is hammering you about everything you're doing that is worthless and not going to going to amount to anything and then you've got years long trials and you've got drama with people that is long and all of that is part of our sanctification process but we've got to decide like paul told timothy in second timothy 2:3 when the going gets rough Take it on the chin with the rest of us the way Jesus did. And I just think it's really important for us to think about the saints in the earth right now. Every one of them is undergoing difficulty just like us. And honestly, if we would read more biographies about the people that live way harder lives than us, I feel like that, that strengthens me a lot just to know that, boy, okay, it's hard for 21st century American Christian, but... There's a lot harder things than this. And that's not minimizing how hard it is. But Jesus went to a place called the place of the skull to be crucified. It wasn't the place of bed, bath, and beyond. It was, <laughs> it was a crucifixion, man. So, so how can we stay disciplined enough to keep going when life gets tough and, and not doubt Jesus and not doubt that He's there for us and, and that we're going through this by His will. I think one of the things that's really helpful is to hang out with people that get this. I think you, you want to be around people that don't, that not only don't feel sorry for themselves, but won't feel too sorry for you. It's, it's, a, it's a danger and honestly, it, it's hurtful to over pity people because they ain't going to get easier. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We need real fighters. And this is part of your training. Like, it's going to be hard. So helping people, like surrounding people with, yeah, man, I understand and I love you and I'm with you. But what did you think? You know, like just having a brotherly and sisterly, I know it's hard. Let's go. We're not going to lay here. we got to get up. You know, the devil's just going to beat you down. So I think when we, it, everything becomes much easier when you're just a part of a mindset that says, yeah, it's tough, but it's so worth it. The, the worst day that I'm ever going to have on earth. I mean, dude, that is all the hell I'll ever know. And we just need to keep our mindset there. Like everything is about to get great. We are almost home. And, and just focusing on that, we, we don't talk enough about the fact, the reality that heaven is very, very near. And if we would just think about the fact, I am almost home, dude. It is almost done. Yes, it sucks, but this is the end of it now. And everyone that doesn't know Christ, like this is the best heaven they'll ever know. For me, as a Christian, this is the worst hell I'll ever know, and then it's over. 
Okay. So it sounds, you know, when we get knocked down, we just need to get up off our knees, suck it up and keep going because Jesus is right there carrying us. He's, he's, he's paving that road for us to him. Absolutely. Now I, I would include that's a hundred percent true, but it's not a stoicism. It's not just buck up. It is buck up, but the master himself will hold you. Hmm. Like you do need that emotional comfort, but you need to get it from him the most because he, he most gets it. He knows how hard it is. And sometimes he'll hold you and just be like, I'm with you. I love you. And other times he'll just be like, it's time to get up. Hmm. Let's go. Sometimes he'll say some really hard stuff to you of like, um, I'm not your servant, you're mine. Get up wow. and go. <laughs> like you said to me recently. <laughs> <laughs> but we need to hear that. So we need intense emotional attachment to Jesus, knowing that he is there to fill our, our, love, our love banks and our emotional tanks. And we need to be around people that are life-breathing, that aren't discouraging, but also aren't over-pitying. Sounds like that, that thought process of community. You have to, you just need it. You need that community. You just need it. Yeah. All right. That's good stuff. So we, we've talked about imbalance, compulsiveness, poor planning, too much dependence on man, and lack of tough-mindedness. What's the next unsanctified mindset that drains us? So the next one and the final one is discontent. This has drained so much of my own power. And I know that there's a rest from it. And, and what this really is, the mindset that we get wrong is we fail to recognize that discontent is a thing. Like we're, we're just randomly discontent. I just wanted something or I thought it would be different or, or whatever. And the King of Heaven has commanded us, you shall be content. Like you shall decide to be satisfied with what I've given you. Discontent misses the joy of the day while it's missing the joy of tomorrow. Like it's missing everything. And I think part of the problem is, I, I know that every generation has wrestled with discontent, but maybe ours is getting a little worse because we are just such an insta everything culture and everybody just can become famous overnight on YouTube and you True. get all these rewards instantly. And that is so much different than the times of the past where our forebears, they understood the seasons and the timelines and the ebbs and flows of the way God's work and that there's an entire seed time long before there is a harvest. And so we fall prey to a spirit of entitlement and we just want everything now, 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 now. And you get Christians that are working for a year and a half. They're like, God, why aren't I promoted yet? Like, why didn't this thing move forward yet? And it's a spirit of discontent. And God is saying, I need you to take your entire list and throw it away. Give your life to Jesus and praise God. Your reward is not here. And yes, God does bless and God un unrolls, you know, no good thing to those who love him. But it's also your parade isn't now, man. Like that's what heaven is about. <laughs> so we need to be careful with ambition. I've got even, you know, just a personal thing. There's there's famous pastors that I will not follow online. Not because I don't like them. I actually like them a lot. But they're triggers for me. Like, I'm just like, oh, God, why can't you do that here? And what is that? <laughs> That's discontent. <laughs> that is, I, I need to avoid things that stir up in me a wish it was different. Because what that keeps me from is focusing on, and do you see, this is the Christ likeness. 
God wants to form in us a heart that is content, mm. that says the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I want some more stuff, but I love what I have. And God has already been good to me. And God is sovereign over everything. And I don't need anything more. Like, this is great. I mean, can you imagine Jesus just always like, man, I wish I had more of this. Wish I had more of that. Like, that's just not the way. Right. So when we're looking at things in our own lives, like ambition, you, you mentioned ambition. How do we know if that ambition is, is being God-driven or if it's being self-serving? Yeah. How can we discern the a, difference? That is a great question. And if somebody knows, you know, I know it's not me. Um, <laughs> I have found that you have to pursue both. And this is really hard when you're a driven person. So I've got a lot of ambition. I think focusing on both at the same time is probably a healthy way to pursue it. So in other words, I want to read stuff like um, The Jewel of Divine Contentment, uh, which is an old Puritan book. I want to read stuff that, and honestly, I feel like all those books are way better on the contentment stuff I've read from our times. But um, I want to read, I want that, that scouring of the soul to say, hey man, relax and enjoy what you got. Um, and at the same time, I've, I've got to study scriptures on like, hey man, why don't you just believe for it and trust God's going to do it? You know, mm. and ask for something big. Like God gives you the desires of your heart. And so both of those, because there's a, there's a, there's a third man in your oven, so to speak. There's a Jesus present and he is transforming you. He's using both. He's taking your ambition down where it should come down and saying, just like, uh, Elijah said to Baruch, do you want great things for yourselves? Don't do it. Um, don't want great things for yourselves. Want great things for God. And what I found is when you, when you put both of them together, you start to like, Oh, my ambition starts to change. And it's not about me. It's about, it's really about God. Like I really want to help people. I really want to see those people come to know Christ because of what it will do for them instead of so people will think something of me or so that we can go accomplish something. It becomes the point, I think, as God disciplines us over time, and I've got, I'm sure I've got so much further to go in this, you start to have ambition that is just about, God, I really just don't want anything you don't want. Like, I'm mm, so sick of my good. crap. I'm so sick of what I wanted. It was dumb. And how much time have I wasted pursuing my stupid junk? When yours was the right stuff. Wow. Why would I ever want something that God wasn't wanting? You know what I'm saying? Like, really? Do you really want that? Why would you want that? So for me, it's pursuing both instead of just one or the other. All right. So after a crazy and trying year like 2020, how can we learn to be content with what we have and, and what we've had? Yeah. So now this is just me talking, but I know that 2020 has been rough, had been rough. And I know a lot, a lot of stuff went bad, but as, as we have a longer view, um, it's still true. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. God is sovereign. And I don't have to have, like, I don't get to have all the answers of why certain things went where they went or whatever. I just get to say, I get to know God. And I get blessed by him. And yes, even people get sick and some people die. And, and all that is reminding humans of the brevity of life and that heaven or hell is coming quickly. Uh, but there's certain questions I think we just have to decide. I don't need answers to this. And God gets to have the wheel. And I, as I look back at the past and I see plagues of the past, I can't tell you why God did that. 
but I know the earth is still fine and right. the gospel is still going. You know what I'm saying? And the church is still here burning right. for, for Christ. So I'm sure that will continue to happen until Jesus comes. All right. And, and, and really, and I mean this sweetly, it's none of my business what God does with his earth. And, and too often, this generation thinks they're doing something profound by having an opinion, as if anyone really needs your opinion. We have the opinion of the scriptures. We have the opinion of Jesus Christ himself, which is, I am God and you are not. And so, blessed are we if we can bow the knee quicker and say, Lord, sure, there's things I'd like to know, and I'm sure I'll, I'll know someday, but I am not God. And that goes back to what you said earlier. You have to have a real change in your mindset. That's it, dude. We've covered the six unsanctified mindsets that drain your rest. That was number one was imbalance. Number two, compulsiveness. Three, poor planning. Four, too much independence on man. Five, lack of tough mindedness. And lastly, discontent. Yeah. You know, if I could give you one closing thought, David, and this is just to everybody, anyone who's, th- you know, you're just underrested. And I would, one, I would prophesy hope to you that I think this is supposed to be hard. So I'm not saying you're ever going to, wow, now I'm at a spiritual level where I'm just always rested. I think we always have to fight for rest. I think it's a discipline. But you can do this, man. Like you can get more rest in your life if you just pursue it. And I also want to plead with you, when we're underrested, we're most likely to do something rash and dumb. Um, you know, for me, that I, I can just I can feel it as as I'm sure you can. You, you just know, like I am operating the flesh now. I'm I'm mad. You know, I'm 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 wanting to escape and get away. And in those moments, just take a day or two and replenish and go somewhere, or get off the grid, or cancel with somebody. Call them up. They will live. Call them up and say, I ain't doing it. Sorry, mm-hmm. I ain't coming. That's good. Um, but get get some distance. And it's not even always like you need a word. Sometimes you just need a nap. You just need an overnight where God will replenish you enough, but precious don't quit. Like we need you in this race. We need, there, there's, there's plenty of devils and not enough fighters. So we need, we need people sticking in this and loving people. And you know, this, it's going to be worth it. We're almost done. We're almost there. Keep going. That's good. Cool. Well, David, excellent job uh, hosting today. Any big takeaways for you? Yeah, uh, the the change in mindset and the planning. I, I think uh, I, I have not planned rest in my life until recently, and I'm I'm seeing now <clears throat> after talking about this, I'm seeing now that yeah, I've, I've changed that mindset and I've done some planning for rest, but I really haven't bought into it completely and that there's so many more areas that I need to focus that mindset change and, and really plan that rest so that I can be more effective as a leader or even as a father or a husband, Uh, those, those are still leadership areas. So if I'm not rested and I'm not absorbing what God's given me because I'm going, Mm -hmm. going, going, I'm not going to be an effective husband or father or friend or leader. I really like that, man. I think that was anointed. Rest is a leadership area. Leaders need to focus on rest. That's a leadership thing. Awesome, bro. Well, hey, thanks so much for hosting today. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Loved it. We'll see you guys next time. 
my friends. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you get value out of this podcast, make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to share it with your people wherever you share things and wherever your people are. If you haven't been there lately, hey, remember that there's an entire YouTube channel that has stuff that never makes it into the podcast. So don't forget to check that out. Just search Fierce Leadership on YouTube. And remember, the home base of everything is fierce.church slash leadership. Hey, I want to give a special shout out and thanks to our patrons who give generously to support this ministry. If you'd like to support the FLP, consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fierce leadership, where you can become a patron and help us create more leadership development resources for as low as $1 a month. Every dollar counts, and man, it just means so much. Now, I want to remind everybody of something. The FLP is for anybody, anywhere in the world. If you have a home church, I want to encourage you to serve there, to lead strong, to lead meekly, and lead connected to Jesus. If you do not have a home church, can I encourage you to check out Fierce Church online at fierce.church and consider that a source of spiritual food until you can find a local expression of the body of Christ in your area. God really does want us to be physically attached to a people group whom we're growing in Christ with. We want to foster that. We want to encourage that. But we really can't replace that. So be sure to feed from multiple streams, but be connected to a local expression of the body of Christ. All right, my friends, I'll see you next time. Lead strong today.